the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yeah, it's great to have your company. You are here for the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. As we mentioned, AFL footy's back. The first of four-year players returned at both Fremantle and West Coast earlier today, even though at West Coast there was quite a few of the senior players that decided to go down as well. As I mentioned, the likes of Oscar Allen, Tom Barris, Jake Waterman, Dom Sheed, Liam Duggan, Jamie Cripps, Jeremy McGovern, Jack Petricelli, even Alex Witherden, Tom Cole, Bailey Williams, Jermaine Jones, Elliot Yeo and Josh Rotham all decided to join their younger teammates. Just wondering what the turnout was like at the Fremantle Footy Club. Craig O'Donoghue from the West Australian was there and Craig joins us on the program at 18 past five. Craig, thanks for your time. No worries, Pete. Ah, lovely to have a chat to you. What was it like getting back to footy training again? It only seemed like yesterday when you were doing it. Yeah, it does only seem like yesterday that the season finished, but for both of our teams, it's obviously been a long time because they, they both missed the final. So there weren't as many numbers on the track for Freer. They've still got a few guys who are in rehab in that first fourth year group, guys like Brandon Walker and Heath Chapman and Tom Emmett as, as examples of that. And then they've got a core group of senior players who are overseas uh, with Justin Lomuel visiting American sporting franchises. So those guys were never going to be there to sort of bolster the numbers like we saw at West Coast. But there were guys like Michael Walters and Brennan Cox and uh, Jordan Clark um, as, as examples of more senior players who, who turned up today to help out the younger guys. Mm. So what was the, the program like? We know there was plenty of running. Uh, Ruben Jimby was the star attraction from a running perspective at West Coast. What about at Fremantle today? So they did a series of 1K time trials, which suck. Like, you have to turn up and do those. Anyone who's who's played footy at any level knows that doing the 1K time trials with a minimal recovery is not enjoyable in the, in the slightest. So they did a series of those ones. Um, and it was, the most interesting part of that was we know that there's a vacancy on the wing now that Liam Henry has left. So you need to find someone who can run hard and, and cover the ground. And a 1K time trial is probably the ideal sort of uh, test to see how you're going to go in that. So, and especially repeat running like that. So... Michael Frederick was going really well in those. Neil Erasmus was going really well in those. And so it was Nathan O'Driscoll. So there's three guys who you would expect um, to be wanting to play a, a lot of senior footy this year and who would have an eye on the wing. I'm not sure that Frederick is best suited to that role for Fremantle. I think he's better for them as, as that half forward pushing up the ground. But there's no doubt that O'Driscoll and Erasmus would be saying, well, we want to make that position ours. Mm. And they're pushing really hard and consistently throughout those runs. Josh Tracy was put up to the media today. No doubt his responsibilities could grow. And I know he spoke about Lockie Schultz and the vacancy that was left last season by Rory Lobb and the need to maybe step up. Yeah, and especially from a, from a leadership and a vocal point of view, when you look at that criminal forward line, Luke Jackson plays there at different points and he's not a really vocal sort of a, a person. Then Jai Amos is similar, not really a vocal sort of a person. Um, and, and then you've got Lockie Schultz, who was that, that lit person who, who pushed the, the, the talking side of the game and making sure everyone was listening and doing what was required. So Josh said that that is a vacancy that needs to be filled. That voice 
will be a void that they need to replace, and he's determined to be that player who's a fourth-year player now and has been around the traps a bit um, to say, well, I'm a big body and I'm a big voice, so I'm prepared to, to tell people what, what I think needs to be done to make sure that we've got someone doing that. So it's so important to have those sorts of leaders out, in the, out on the field. And if he can do that, it cements your position even further than what it would normally be. Mm. And, of course, Joe Bridie has taken over the role that's been occupied by Peter Bell for the last few seasons. Was Joe present uh, overseeing training? Yeah, everyone was putting their head out every now and then. Um, there, was, there were a hell of a lot of people sort of appearing at different points um, in and out with so many different people with injuries and new roles and all that sort of stuff. Day one is always a bit chaotic as people are working out who they need to speak to and where they need to go and all those sorts of things. But, yeah, I saw Joe pop his head out at different points to, to see what was going on. What about the draft that comes up uh, next Monday? It appears that uh, the West Coast Eagles now are zero, zeroing in on uh, Harley Reid, the, the number one pick. Uh, is that what you're hearing? Yeah, well, the one thing I find really interesting about the draft is the AFL would love nothing more than drama on draft night, I reckon. So I don't reckon there was ever going to be a chance that West Coast would actually trade this pick before the night. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised at all if it gets traded on the night, and the AFL would love that. If in the next few days the West Coast got together with any other club and said, right, here's the deal, we're going to do it, and then the night starts, we're on the clock, and imagine what it would be like from the AFL's perspective from a TV um, viewing perspective and from a drama and online, all that sort of stuff, um, social media, if the, the first time ever the pick gets traded on the night. So I wouldn't say it's over and done with yet, uh, but there's no doubt that West Coast are in the box seat to, to hold on to that pick unless they're given something dramatic. But I, um, I wouldn't be surprised if something did happen on the night and all of a sudden it became the big story of the evening that mm. the club was prepared to to right. make that sort of a deal. Yeah, I would love that from a TV perspective. Oh, they would. They'd absolutely love it. Of course, Dan Curtin, from all reports, has been flown over by Hawthorne uh, ahead of the draft last Monday. We know what uh, his manager had to say, Jason Dover, here on SENWA last week. Uh, he reckons the West Coast Eagles would be uh, foolish to overlook him, but uh, they may not be thinking the way that uh, the manager's thinking about Dan Curtin. Uh, it's a difficult one, isn't it, really? Homegrown? reportedly a very, very good product against somebody that's been touted the best in the draft for another another well, a few seasons. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Harley Reid looks like the, the dynamic, game-changing sort of player that every club would love. But you want to have two, don't you? you know, anyone can do a knee or anyone can go home or anyone can just not live up to their potential. So if you can get two players, that would be ideal, which is why we keep talking about will they split that pick. But I love what Hayes said the other week on, on his program that... You know, what if they tried to get back into the draft with that first that, that first round pick next year? Use your future first and try to get Harley Reid at one and then Dan Curtin later on in the draft. Mm. If that possibility arises, well, then all of a sudden you can turn around and say, look at, look at the draft hall we've got here. We've got Jinby and Dewitt last year with Noah Long as well, who's had a great impact in his first season. And then if you can trade next year's pick and get two top ten picks this season... Well, who knows what you can do in terms of fast-tracking your development if you've got Reid and Curtin into that group as well. So they'll be opening up all doors and leaving everything available to them, I would have thought. Yeah, interesting times. We've got, uh, as we know, the first round happening next Monday. And then the fixtures will drop after that, after the draft, won't they, uh, Cod? That's the way uh, the AFL tends to plan it? No, the fixtures are coming out this week, they've indicated. So uh, I think it's Thursday they're saying right. they're looking to drop the fixtures now. So they're leaking out bit by bit um, in ter- as, they, as they tend to do. There were three games announced today 
uh, that we played in the Northern Territory. That includes Fremantle heading up there to play Melbourne in Alice Springs. Uh, and then, of course, we know that the, the gather round fixtures have already been announced as well. So just little bit by little bit, they're starting to come out. But we'll get a lot more information about uh, the entire season later on this week. So you're hearing it could be around Thursday? Yeah, Thursday is what, is what, is what was um, mentioned the other day. Now, obviously, things can change and, um, and all that sort of stuff. But at the moment, that's, that's what they're saying is going to be the case. Good stuff. Thanks for joining us, Craig, and giving us a bit of a spin on how it went down at Coburn today. And uh, we'll keep in touch. Thanks for your time. No worries. Have a good day. Craig O'Donoghue from the West Australia regarding what's happening at uh, the Fremantle Footy Club. So yeah, I thought it might have actually dropped the week after, maybe uh, this time next week, uh, the fixtures. But Craig's under the impression that they'll drop possibly around Thursday. And no doubt we plastered over the media on Friday and possibly even Saturday right across the weekend. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But as he's mentioned, we've been drip-fed a few of the rounds so far, including the gather round and some of the matches that could be played at the top end and in Alice Springs as well. All right, uh, interesting, uh, Brendan has actually uh, gone on the temperate bedshed text machine. Just on the run home, I did mention when we were speaking to Clive Adams from uh, the bowl segment that next year uh, the teams in the Premier League, uh, it'll be a case of men and women playing together. The best from both genders will be able to play on the one team. And Brenda's not pretty happy with it. He says, absolute joke that Saturday pennants will be open uh, to genders across the board. I'm a bowler and I play pennants to compete and associate. Uh, I'll not be playing pennant bowls if this goes through and I know many others won't either. It's creating issues at clubs already. Um, Well, I don't know. As I said, I'm not too close to the bowls community here in Western Australia. But as Clive uh, pointed out, it looks like uh, that'll be the case as of uh, 2024-2025 season when it comes to top flight bowls here in Western Australia. It's 27 past five. Come and join us on the Tempera Bedshed text machine, uh, 0487-736-736. If you are a bowler that now is part of uh, that scenario in the lower leagues, tell us how it's going and if it's working well and if it's being well received. Wouldn't mind hearing from you. We'll come back with more after the break.